Guten Tag and welcome to the Enlightened Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Hunt, here with Reggie Wilder returning for a deep dive into one of our favorite albums of all time, and one of the greatest albums of all time, Abbey Road. All right, here we are. Here we are again. It's good to be back. (laughs) Here we have Reggie Wilder. I'm back, people. Don't worry. Returning, not for Star Wars, for something far more important in life. In real life. (laughs) (laughs) We've got the Beatles on track today. Yeah, we do. Uh, I I would love to say that I'm that I'm overselling the importance of the Beatles, but uh, if anybody thinks that, there's a simple remedy, and it's you haven't listened to enough of the Beatles. <laughs> I would I would just say that you're wrong <laughs> if you think that like it's it's the Beatles are like talked about too much or like they're not they're played too much in any mm-hmm. sense. They're not. They deserve to be played, and people. I hear way too much about like it, like in modern, like modern day, like like rock and roll and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That like people like people don't like the Beatles anymore, mm-hmm. and I uh, it brings it brings tears to my eyes to consider that people actually don't like the Beatles nowadays. I so uh, the drummer in my band actually, um, who has impeccable music taste. I mean, obviously, he's the drummer in my band. But um, that aside, like, we we really do vibe on, like, great music where we're, we kind of flow from, hey, I like this, I like that. It doesn't really matter where it comes from. But we had a lot of artists and songs in common that we really, really liked. But my biggest has always been the Beatles. And I make no bones about that. I, I, I get it. Not uh, There are a lot of people that aren't as obsessive about it as I am. But his whole thing has always been um, the Beatles are overrated. And he gets that I love them that much, but he, he goes like, they're they're great, but they're just not the best. Hmm. So I openly said like, okay, so like what what albums like don't, don't do it for you? And he goes, well, I've never listened to a Beatles album all the way through. And I was like, all right, so that's step one. So the follow-up <laughs> to this episode, and I mean like this seriously, this was a very serious uh, conversation where I was, less than sober (laughs) (laughs) but i just i I offhandedly was like all right dude like do do me a favor like um i would like to do a like a a podcast episode where i sit you down and um we don't record we listen to uh, the beatles revolver album from beginning to end and then we hit record and I say, all right, dude, like, tell me how I'm wrong. Tell me how the Beatles aren't genius. Because if you have valid criticisms after that, they're all valid. I like I have no arguments against if you can educatedly be like, hey, man, like come together. Not a good song. It's like, all right, that's valid. Like that's that's opinion based. I have a really tough time anybody who's actually listens to any of the beatles albums and and, and, and and that's what i mean it's it's like it's talking to people that like haven't like actually listened to enough of their like songs like yeah. throughout like, and all their albums throughout mm-hmm. um i make no bones about it though like i haven't listened to every album mm-hmm. all the way through i will admit that mm-hmm. but i listened to all, almost all their albums all mm-hmm. the way through and I would I would say that I've I like eighty five percent of them like like th- wholeheartedly, 
Uh, the White Album is half of it is good. <laughs> I, will, I will say that. You know what? That's a. That, I, I would love our uh, our friend from Colorado, who actually is a fairly loyal listener, because I can I, I can tell by triangulation of the podcast, which is really an invasion of privacy. But, that's, <laughs> <laughs> but he actually does listen to a bunch of our episodes, and I would love to do a White Album episode with him. Absolutely, I, there are some highs and lows on that. Album. There, there really, there really is. Yeah. Um, Ubla the Ubla da. Uh, it's a jam. It's, it, it's, it's a sing along. It's one of my favorite songs of the Beatles, and people hate it for some reason. I just, it's a, <laughs> it is a great, typical Paul McCartney. It's an earworm. It's catchy. It's made to that's get everyone. I mean. That's why everyone's saying it's a happy song. Hey, life goes on. All right, <laughs> can we get this out of the way? Because we're at, I'm like, it brought another point mm-hmm. to my mind. Like, we gotta just say up front. Who's your favorite Beatle? Oh, this is a great way to start it. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, I'm I, I I'm a Beatles obsessive. So I see all points of view. Um, I'm biased because I do have one point of view that I like to stay behind. But um, I'm I'm a lyrics person. I really, I love good lyrics. Not that I don't love music. Music moves my soul. But lyrics are the my bread and butter. You write a good, good sentence, and it's just that that, that makes my brain happy. Hmm. And if you're talking lyrics, we're talking John Lennon. So who's your favorite Beatle? <laughs> <laughs> I... And and that's and that's always been you. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't like I, 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 I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't mm-hmm. I wouldn't argue that fact because I can't argue. John, who in their right minds would argue John Lennon? John, John, Winston, fucking, fucking Lennon. <laughs> he he is like considered mm-hmm. the sometimes the best lyricist in modern uh, music history. I, so it's just I don't know if I'd give him the title, but I would certainly say he's top five. He's top five. Like yeah. so, like there's arguments to make. I was that, gonna like, say you gotta one. throw like Paul Simon and Dylan. In oh, there. Paul Simon but, and yeah. like Dylan's obviously like yeah. the amount of uh, hits that Dylan's made that he hasn't even sung that other people have sung that made absolute hits out of. Bingo. You can't you can't mm-hmm. argue that. Mm-hmm. All I'm just saying is that like he's considered like number one on that list. So to say that, like, mm. oh, why is John Lennon, like, your number one Beatles pick? That's It's just stupid. To You've say. listened to Imagine too many times. It's like, all right, like, we get it. It's overplayed. It's a very good song, but it's overplayed. But you want to read some, like, or you, you want some, like, home hitter, serious, powerful lyrics? Go listen to Rubber Soul or Help. That's when John peaks. You got Hide Your Love Away or Norwegian Wood. I was about to say Norwegian Wood's one of my favorite songs. It is, and it is just... It's it, an incredible lick yeah. compiled on top of an incredible lyric. Yeah. Yeah. The, the lick is my is my favorite part. Like, mm-hmm. even playing it on guitar. It's, it like, it's, it's like... It's probably, it's probably my favorite part of the song. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Though I will I will defend it with, uh, it has one of my favorite opening lines of all time, which is, I once had a girl, or should I say, she, she once, once had, had me. me. If you want to paint a picture in two lines, talk about absolute perfect. And that was the, it's the utter sheer fucking genius of John. Yeah. And I, and, yeah, and I completely agree, and that's why John is 
really number two for my favorite Beatles. Beatles, a uh, Beatles, sorry, <laughs> Beatles uh, in the Beatle era. Mm -hmm. I am going to be a little bit like <laughs> a little bit of a loser and be like, <laughs> and be like during during the, where the Beatles were a band and then afterwards because they were different. You're talking about BC and AD, my friend. <laughs> I, I am, <laughs> and I'm saying I'm saying this solely because uh they, i do have two different uh favorite beatles from when they were a band and then afterwards so i and i i know your opinions and i think both of them are valid i think one is stupider than the other but the the, the second one is I, I i begrudgingly probably have to agree with oh you don't so my favorite so my favorite beetle is paul mccartney one because i think he's a better singer People disagree with me on that. I do think um, he's a better singer, though. I think he, yes. I think he has a better voice. He's a better singer. But I think John could sing better rock and roll. You always said that. But, like, Nate, like there's so many more sing-along songs. Like, you even said it, sing-along songs with Paul. And yeah, I feel yeah, like there's, like, but, the but like there's a difference between roll. there's a difference between sing-along and rock and roll. <sighs> where Paul does a great. Great John show. does a great like like his rock and roll is fantastic, and Don't that's what I'm talking. If you're if you offer me on a plate, would uh, would I rather be able to sing like Paul McCartney or would I rather be able to sing like John Lennon? I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. That being said, I like them for different reasons. John couldn't sing "Hey Jude" like Paul can sing it. Paul is technically a better singer in that he has more range, he can do more with his voice, and he can sing great rock and roll too. Yeah. It's just John might take the cake because John doesn't have that good of a voice that he kind of gets that rasp, that razor's edge to his voice when you get like "Shake It Up, Baby." Yeah. Or uh, yeah, uh, and, and, and uh, yeah. "Don't Let Me Down," where you just have him just screaming into the microphone. Shout. Yeah, I, like like I like, uh, and that's what I'm talking about. It's just John's voice back is, in the USSR. Yeah, that's just, McCartney, actually. Oh, true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, you're talking about, um, yeah, we're arguing over who's the best singer of two of the greatest singers. Yeah. And this is just preference. It's just preference. And that's, John has a much narrower vocal range. Yeah. And a much, and much, he can do very, very little versus Paul has so much he can do. And I say, like, with the with the bad, like, uh, Beatles songs. Mm-hmm. John has a couple worse songs than Paul does. Uh, yeah, I'd probably agree with that. It, during the Beatles, and I, I would say mainly too. He is like Paul had some probably stinker like albums. Like I, I for after. for <laughs> shitty albums, I think Paul might take the cake. John had John just didn't have the output that John. I mean that Paul did post Beatles. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to argue that, like, Live from New York is a great album. It's not. It's one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. There, John had some shit music. That being said, most of John's albums post-Beatles are pretty good. Uh, yeah. Paul's albums are hit or miss. Yeah. Sometimes it's I Wouldn't Wipe My Ass With It. Yeah. Sometimes it's band on the run yeah but and but you have that hit or miss area which people don't really acknowledge people want to try and like play up with like everything paul does is genius and it's not paul does some really shitty things 
but Paul just has this like prolifer uh, proliferation, excuse me, of music that is just it, it's mind-boggling. Yeah, the amount that he can produce mm -hmm. because he just whistles a tune in his head and suddenly it's all there. Mm -hmm. John doesn't have that. John's much more of a poet who kind of has to weave a song around his lyrics. Yeah. Um, and Paul is just this like Mozart. Yeah. Um, but he made some fucking stinkers. He did. He did. So uh, post Beatles, who's your favorite Beatle? George Harrison. And you like you know this just because of my All Things of, Must Pass. All Things Must Pass. It's like my it's so good. It is top five greatest albums I've ever heard in my life. And I would say <laughs> All Things Must Pass on its own holds up to 99% of Beatles albums. It's it holds crazy. up to Dylan's albums. It's just bananas. The fact it's that beautiful. That. Yeah, it's beautiful writing, beautiful mm -hmm. lyrics, beautiful, beautiful like music, mm -hmm. music wise too. Which like I like, I'm just surprised at how much I like that part of it. Mm -hmm. But and again, I shouldn't be surprised because like George was always like more the most ambitious when it comes to like different kinds of instruments they use like. Yeah, he, he, yeah, I think... Um, like, you're the one that told me that he was the, the one that tried, like, the scimitar for the first time, like, you know. <laughs> scimitar is a sword. It's a sitar. Sitar. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sitar, <Fair>. thank yeah. <laughs> you. Yeah. yeah, he was. Um, I think Paul probably grew, but Paul had more time to grow, where um, George got very into Indian music earlier, and different sounds and slide guitar and stuff like that um earlier on which made his music very different paul started to include this stuff later but george didn't really grow out of out of that stuff later in life um where he kind of stuck to rock and roll and then indian music and slide guitar and that type of stuff and <laughs> rockabilly and a little bit of country and stuff where paul just did everything and that's it, it's a tough argument with paul because uh, Paul had such a wildly successful solo career with as himself and Wings. Yeah. He had hit after hit after hit. That being said, he has some fucking hot garbage that ended up being hit. Uh, somebody's knocking on the door. <laughs> somebody's knocking on the door. Do me a favor. Let him in. Terrible. It's garbage. He uh, that song should be burned. <laughs> the original should be burned. But then he follows that up with like uh, you know, no more lonely nights, which is one of the best lyrically and sonically the songs he's written post Beatles period. Yeah. Like that's it. It I cannot say enough good things about Paul McCartney. What's the one that we love uh, recently? Uh the oh so. This is an entire podcast in and of itself. Yeah. Which is Egypt Station, the album yeah. that Paul McCartney released at, I believe, 78 years old. Is like... It's a fucking bang. Yeah, it is. It's good. <laughs> it, it really is. There's two or three songs that just fucking slap on it. And it's one of those, like, I really wanted to be like, oh, this is like the Beatles, so I like it. And it's like, no. <laughs> this was a number one album when he was 78 years old yeah. and it's uh for you is the best for you song. yeah that that one's uh, yeah is, that it's, one's it's unbelievable. a fucking damn highly is, recommended if for you anyone. got it's f-u-h-y-o-u 
it's incredible. Yeah, it's like it is. It's just a great song. It's just it's it, 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 and it it just it's another just jam song again. Mm-hmm. It, like he just he just knows like now like what he is basically like yeah. he's just like he's just here for a good time and just mm-hmm. here for like more jam songs. Yeah, he's not here for any lyrical genius or anything mm-hmm. because it's not really lyrical genius if you actually like look at the lyrics. But is it a jam? Absolutely. It's amazing. I, it, I I would say it's a fairly well written song, but it's a fucking jam and uh, do i think he has anything left in the tank now for like serious heartthrob no that's not paul because paul is always got to look on the bright side of life and i admire that i wish i was more like it i'm too fucking irish (laughs) it's just i've got that john lennon like you know needle to the balloon but it's uh i i wish i had paul's outlook on life um so i don't think that you're ever gonna get anything that's gonna like blow you away with like oh my god that those words just struck me to the core i think he hasn't written anything quite like that since long and winding road yeah um which is you know i hate to quote john on that but that was what john said about paul when somebody asked him about his music and he goes you know it's good it's catchy lyrically he goes he hasn't done anything since long and winding road and i kind of agree i don't think that paul ever outdid himself you know you compare here there and everywhere which is one of the greatest songs in the english language yeah and lyrically and then you're gonna try and say like hey uh ebony and ivory that's a (laughs) you know that's right up there and it's like come on it's just because it's with stevie wonder it's the michael jackson one too where it's like these these massive hits and it's just it's star power yeah. would it have been a hit if it wasn't paul mccartney and michael jackson no is the short answer S- side note um if anyone is looking for another stevie wonder song uh finish line uh with elton john and stevie wonder check it out is Elton john's new album it's another fucking banger banger like it is very good uh, we're gonna do an entire we will probably do an entire series on elton john itself. oh my as, god i was gonna say we're we we'll, can just like we'll go through more than one beatles episode rocket man as the movie and that that's a, that's a great movie that represents his life i think oh uh, is it a great movie no no we're I, gonna... I, I i i think it is we're sidetracking right now but i think it is we'll we'll we'll, we'll get into it later i think good I, good not great if is it as somebody who know like got really into the Bernie Tompkins stuff and like the relationship, that's that that's fair. Not, that's fair. You, like, you do know more about the history good, than I. Do. I was gonna say it's a really good play. Yeah, is, well, is it, it a good, I mean, like, that's what, like that's what, what it, yeah, is. exactly, and and that's what I'm talking <laughs> Which about. Which is like what I kind of wanted. I wanted yeah. I what? wanted songs that he wrote intermittently through the, through <laughs> yeah, the movie, yeah. jam out to that, and then he comes out with uh, uh, the one that him and Taron Egerton sing. That is just Ty Egerton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, is Ty? I no. think it's Ty. No, it's Taron. Okay. I, you thought it was Ty? Yeah, I'm pretty no, sure. It no, is. it's Taron. Okay. All right. Color me wrong. <laughs> it is. We're, like, we're, I hate we're, I'm wrong. That's fine. <laughs> we're name. I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one that he and uh, Elton John did. Um, I I so the name is escaping me. So I don't know that one. But it's like at I, the end of the movie. It's like we should talk about elton john collaborations for like at least two seconds because we're talking about good music yeah is uh the latest one and i don't know if you've heard it is the christmas song that he did with ed sheeran no i didn't i haven't heard of it yet it's a motherfucking bop oh. 
It's a really good. He's song. collabing with. He's also he also collabed with Dua Lipa, one of the biggest pop stars right now, and mm-hmm. it's, that's another banger. And he did uh, uh, what's McCall? He's he's just, uh, the Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, uh, what's McCall? Ordinary Man. He did. He did one with Ozzy Osbourne. I can't wait to play this song oh. after this is over. Okay, we're, we'll we'll do another episode with Elton, like just solely Elton John. Yeah. Go through his history and then just do like his modern music mm-hmm. because. He's coming out with just hit after it hit, is, apparently. I, he's I, he's yes. going through a new renaissance. I so I'm I'm gonna say that the Beatles, for the closest analogy that I can give other people who don't get super into the Beatles stuff and like they've heard like "She Loves You" or something along those lines, is um, imagine a band in which you have like the success of Fleetwood Mac. And then you have like, you know, a band where like Stevie Nicks is in the band and then you've got like Elton John and then you follow that up with like Don Henley is the other, you know, member is like, that's the closest I can get where you're marrying like the Eagles, Fleetwood Mac and Elton John all together. But you have three of those artists together and I'm not belittling Ringo with this because Ringo is one of the greatest drummers of all time and a wonderful person. But he's also in a band with three of the greatest lyricists of all time, three of the greatest musicians of all time, and the other three fucking Beatles. It is incredible what they produced. So I feel like, and I don't want to cut you off before you have any input, but I feel like we should talk about arguably their magnum opus, Abbey Road. I completely agree. We should just get on to that. Uh, I would love to say, oh, I would love to say like uh, more like promising like words on Ringo. He was, he, and he was a, a really great drummer. Let's not like belittle Ringo. Like he was, he was a, unbelievably so. Yeah. And people like try to like put him down. It's just that he just wasn't on the same level as those like three just like, once in a lifetime men that were just, just like and that formed into being one band, said is basically the songs that Ringo wrote kind of jams uh, uh we, let's just get into like let's get octopus is garden let's get like the first song no, the first no, let, we should do track order we should fine, do fine, track we'll order. do track order exactly. but that means that Ringo's two great songs are um don't pass me by which is a great song off the white album yep. it's a little weird version off the white album i actually like I know this is sacrilegious to say it, but he he did a re-record kind of as a country song in, uh, I want to say, the mid-2000s. Oh, and I like that version better because it kind of should be a country song. You want to hear something that yeah, sucks? I'm starting to like some country music. <laughs> I, you know, that's a that's another rabbit hole that we're not Yeah, we can't do that. We can't do that. We can't do that. We can't, we can't do that. We can't do that. All right. Uh, so, let's get into it. Um, so Abbey Road, I will like... Abbey Road, so... First track on Abbey Road, you have, I would argue, the most timeless Beatles song of all time. Timeless. It's, 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 every Beatles song is played so often, but like this one is just like, it's played for in commercials. It's played, it, it, it's, it's covered constantly. And it's also covered as kind of a rock and roll song. And I would argue, this isn't a rock and roll song, it's a groove. I would actually agree with you on that because like people like pinpoint it as like, Oh, it's a rock and roll song because like of the, um, 
uh, what's the, uh, it's not the, uh, why am I blanking on the name? I, I wish I could help you. What are we talking here about? It's, it's the beginning lyrics. Then you have like the, the chorus, the chorus. Thank you. Oh my God. That was going to drive me nuts. The chorus, <laughs> the chorus, the, the chorus is rocking like a little bit rock and rolly, but yes. throughout the, but it's not mm -hmm. really because it follows the same mm -hmm. kind of rhythm as like, I mean, we're the talking about, the song. um, you know, songs that we love Ringo on iconic drumming, iconic, yeah. simple. It, it is, it's stupid that we have to use these, like, um, these melodramatic uh, Hollywood words to describe things where everything is a journey. Everything's, uh, you know, uh, uh, splendiferous. Everything's amazing. Yeah. Everything's tough. Everything's wonderful. We're talking about come together and everything about this song is perfect. We're talking, uh, we're talking about a brilliant baseline. Paul's baseline is it's is, it's it's phenomenal. It's, I was about to say it, like my, my biggest thing is the baseline. It's, I, it's it, it is uh, it, you do a close listen to Ringo's drumming and it's it doesn't sound like any anyone else would have played it different. Mm. But it's just Ringo is the king of feel, and it's fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. You've got John doing quintessential nonsense lyrics that are catchy. And he follows it up with a fantastic chorus. Yeah. And George with one of the coolest, softest, not forced. He's uh, solos of all time. He's not trying to crowd notes into that. He's not trying to pull an Eddie Van Halen. He's, he's got nothing to prove. He's literally just. That's it. That's all it needs. And he just keeps riding that. And it's just. Oh. I love that song so much. Yeah, yeah. It I, is, it's one of my favorite Beatles songs. And yeah, it's one of the most listened to, which I think is really funny that it beats that. Like you know, you're talking "Hey Jude, Let It Be," like I, you know, unbelievable, amazing songs, and then "Come Together" is right there. Yeah, and it means nothing. Yeah, it, it, it's just yeah, and it, it beats out a lot of like early like Beatles songs too. Mm -hmm. I would say, uh, for like most listened to most like late Beatles songs, I would say beats out. Uh, early Beatles songs a little bit more. That's such a whole episode. Yeah, that I will argue fiercely for. But uh, and not. I'm that, just saying. Listen, not to that it. one's better than the other. No, I'm not popularity, saying popularity. I would say come together. And I know this, uh, you know, partially because of Spotify, who happens to sponsor this podcast, <laughs> um, has their lists the artists most listened to songs, and I know that Here Comes the Sun, Come Together, and I think let it be and hey jude are like the top five uh, most yeah. listened to yeah. but i think it's hilarious that of all the genius that john lennon wrote for the beatles is that his nonsense song come together reaches the top and it's just because frankly musically beatles may have peaked at come together yeah that's true everything just flowed so and like you said it was, it was a groove song and everything mm -hmm. literally <laughs> like it's came just, together with that song with the drums <laughs> the bass mm -hmm. and the guitar it mm -hmm. literally flowed so well whereas mm -hmm. like other songs like yeah i it, there's so many parts uh i so i still don't hear john going shoot me do, 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 do. i don't hear that i literally hear him just going shoot. that's what that's what and, i hear yeah and i uh what's McCoy, and i get it he technically wrote it as that i don't care 
I I still like the I like the better. Yeah, I, I, the, yeah. It's just it it's so it, it it's so good. Impeccable. And I would say of like a song rating out of ten, I would say it's a ten out of ten. I would say which yeah. is hilarious that it's a Beatles song that I can give a ten out of ten. Once again, because we're talking about a song that includes the lines Mojo Eyeball. <laughs> You know, like you know, uh, holds you closer so he can feel his. You can feel his disease. Like this is literally John it, just going gobbledygook. <laughs> but he's just he's 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 trying he's, to find the right words, and he doesn't care enough because he knows that this is already that the music will will take this will take that song basically. It's not even that doesn't even have to be about the exactly. uh, lyrics. It it will like he was just. He knew what he had. He knew like the, he, they made. I think they made the sound mm-hmm. before they made the lyrics on this one. Yeah, and I then they just and did. then they just like they just wrote with it. Yeah, and uh, I before we move on, I should just give a little um, fuck Chuck Berry. He is a wonderful musician. Wrote some of the greatest songs of all time. Can't back that up enough. But uh, does not deserve any kind of money for the song. Anyway. Moving on to the most <laughs> controversial song on the album. Number two on the track list, Maxwell Silver Hammer. How do you feel about Maxwell Silver Hammer? I fucking love this song. This is because the- <laughs> it's another nonsense song and it's fucking amazing. Bang bang Maxwell Silver Hammer. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's awesome. Alright, so this is this is the toughest part, and it's um Maxwell Silverhammer can uh, it can uh, seriously suck. So Donkey Dong, <laughs> first of all, this song is an earworm, and that's the worst crime that Paul has, and that's he makes shitty songs that get stuck in your head, and this is one of them. I get it. It's a fun little song about murdering your teacher, yeah. and it's just that's that's wonderful. It is an earworm, and it deserves to be brought out back and put down gently behind the shed and then burned before the police find the dental records. It is oh. a terrible, terrible song. You're just negative, man. Like, it's, 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 you're just, you're just not trying to have, like, a fun, like, a fun time. Yes, it is about a kid murdering his teacher. I, hey, yes, you know what? I consider that a point in his favor. <laughs> yes. The, the music, like, is a little, like, it's, it's not the like it's, <laughs> but it's fun. It's so it's I oh I just and it's a and it's a funny song. For like I think why I appreciate it so much is because Abbey Road is like is considered one of the greatest albums of all time. But it's and you have fucking nonsense. <laughs> don't you love that? I, exactly. <laughs> and you have this wicked funny song that this like you hear it, it's like this is shouldn't be a part of this album like what this is their this is their creme de la creme this is their like this is their magnus opus like this is it so the as i mentioned before we started recording there's a little bit of a story behind this song and it is i read it literally yesterday in beatles quotes which made me crack up to no end at various points in times all the beatles did different um uh interviews and they were always asked about abbey road because abbey road is one of the best Beatles albums of all time which is one of the best albums of all times by default so 
they all ask them about Maxwell's silver hammer at different points. And if you read, John says, oh my God, I think we spent more money trying to record that fucking song than anywhere else because Paul wanted to get it just right. And he was convinced it was going to be the single off Abbey Road. And he goes, none of us thought that. That song sucks. <laughs> then you get to George who goes, I have spent more time on that song than any other song on the album. That song sucks. I hated recording it. And then you get to Ringo and Ringo literally says, and Ringo is Captain Optimism. And he goes, Paul was convinced it was a single. We spent weeks working on that song and it fucking sucks. And then uh, Paul's quote is, yeah, it's Maxwell Silver Hammer. It was funny. It was on Abbey Road. It was a good song, right? And we probably spent a couple of days on it. What are they complaining about? Hysterical. See, that makes you like Paul more. Like, <laughs> like, 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 like that. Like, like. I, I think it's just so funny because it is a bad song, but I love that they can acknowledge that it's a bad song. Aside from Paul, who thinks like, oh, this is great. This is genius. I, th I, th I, think, I think it's such a funny song. So that's why I will like it until the day I die. I will listen to it. Like, you know, I can, like, there's, there's only one song I will purposely skip mm -hmm. on this album. And I don't really actually skip it all that much because I like listening to the entire mm -hmm. album whenever mm -hmm. I listen to this album. But sometimes I skip it because it's just, and that's the Sun King, which we'll get to. Definitely. Like, so I made an oopsie, which is really funny, actually, which is we went from the John song to the Paul song. And uh, so I actually have the vinyl copy of Abbey Road in front of me. And I don't have the uh, the the actual album like jacket because that's framed and hanging up in my room. So I'm looking at the physical vinyl copy, and the print was so small that I missed one of the most iconic songs of all time. Period. Oh, but also one of the most iconic George Harrison songs of all time, which is something fuck it and and this is and this is Which where is you get embarrassing for me to forget that it's the second song. oh no no no, no. Yeah. i i should i should recognize this mm -hmm. like saying like i'm a i'm a george stan which yeah. not many people like mm -hmm. like george the best mm -hmm. uh and something is like is it's giving you the future basically to mm -hmm. like what george is capable of mm -hmm. basically with his lyrics and his music basically i it agree wholeheartedly fucking it's a flawless song. I love that. I love that song so much. Uh, and I, to give this song credence, and I know that it would annoy the shit out of George in real life, which makes it funnier to me. But um, I saw Paul McCartney for the first time when I was... Charles and Jealous. 13, 13, 12, 13, somewhere along those lines. And my dad is a manic Beatles fan, and he freely admits to this day um, that we were going to a Paul McCartney concert, and he spent way too much on the tickets, and we really couldn't afford it at the time. And he didn't really care, and he figured that it was just going to be a Paul McCartney and Wings concert, but he knew I liked the Beatles, so he didn't really have the heart to tell me that it wasn't going to be a Beatles concert. The issue is, is that we bumped into Paul kind of doing his Goodbye Yellow Brick Road tour, Ooh. which he's still kind of on, where he just kind of hit this level in life where he doesn't really give a fuck anymore, which I respect the hell out of, and he's just going to play whatever the hell he wants to play. 
So 90% of the concert is Beatles songs, which is incredible. When you have 40,000 people all sitting, all bored, Paul's a little late, and you know, you don't know what, what the music's going to be like. You're expecting like band on a run or, you know, um, uh, uh, live and let die or something as an opening song. And instead of that, you get hard day's night, which is a John Lennon song. And you have 40,000 people leap to their feet and start screaming along with the lyrics. It is top, top five moments of my life. Mm. But among those top five moments of my life, there is, Paul kind of slows it down and he kind of gives a very heartfelt and I'm sure it's a shtick that he does everywhere. Cause that's just Paul. He's a showbiz kind of, kind of guy, which I, you know, people shit on him for, but sometimes it hits home. And one of his things is that he brings out a ukulele at, uh, at one point in the show and he goes, Hey, you know, people don't really know, but later in life, George Harrison really, really loved the ukulele. So I'm going to sing you a song on ukulele that George Harrison wrote and it's a Beatles song. So I got to, you know, make it with him. And he uh, goes on to starting very gently and very slowly saying, you know, you're asking me, will my love grow? And people are kind of gently singing along with him, but there's no orchestra. There's nothing. It's literally just Paul McCartney with a ukulele. So it's a very light sounding song and you have, Again, 40,000 people that are kind of lightly singing along. Then he slowly starts to ramp up the song and he ramps it up more and more and more. And then he runs over to the piano and he starts just banging away at the piano. And then the full band comes in and then you have a full rock and roll band and then you've got a full orchestra and then you've got 40,000 people screaming at the top of their lungs with all the hair on the back of my neck going up screaming you know you're asking me will my love grow i don't know i don't know and it is it's one of the top five moments in my life and that's that's the magic of the beatles that's perfect. so i feel like i should probably follow that up with um uh one of the funny stories that i know about the song which is uh frank sinatra loved the song something really yeah actually he did um so it's one of his, he would sing it in concert and he would introduce it as uh, one of the greatest saloon songs ever written. But, and he would sing it and he, uh, it's, it's one of the funnier things I've heard in my life. And I love Sinatra and I love Sinatra's music, but listening to him seeing Beatles music is very, ho, Jack, something in the way, yeah. She moves, it's very, it's, it, it is, I won't call it bad. It is, but it's strange. <laughs> it's it, it's just it's unnatural. So it is. It is. So I wouldn't want to. I, I wouldn't want to listen to it in the slightest. Nah, nah. Not that he couldn't sing like any Beatles song. Yeah. He does a solid song, a solid version of Yesterday. But it's just uh, in something he does a he does something wrong. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. But he would uh, he would sing. Um, something in the way she moves in concert all the time. And he would say it's one of the greatest saloon songs of all time. But then he would attribute it as a, like, oh, yeah, Lennon and McCartney, one of the greatest Lennon and McCartney songs of all time. Talk about a middle finger to poor George. Poor George. He has one of the greatest artists of all time singing his song, and they still... (laughs) (laughs) To fucking Paul and John. Because he was just... 
Mm-hmm. I I feel so bad for him. Every he's just throughout he's the his little brother. He is. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. It is. Oh God. Ah. Um. So we get. Uh, I was gonna say we have a uh, we have a couple other songs, but all right. So it was. The track listing is come together, then we go to something. We did do that incorrectly. Then we get to Maxwell Silverhammer. And then song number four is Oh Darling. How do you feel about Oh Darling? I I I, I mean I love it, but like it's not one of, it, I gotta say it's not one of my favorite Paul songs. I I think I agree where it's a it's it a little is, overrated. Uh I I yes. I it's a solid song. But I see it as just a vocal exercise for Paul. Yeah. So the story is, is that Paul would come in every day for like 30 days. And the first thing he would do is try and get a track down of Oh Darling. And he would continuously say, hey, you know, like early days of the Beatles when I was 18 instead of 26, I would be able to pull this out of my voice. No problem. Um but uh, he had a tougher time doing it, so he just kept grinding at it, grinding at it, grinding at it, and he eventually got a take that he liked. Um, I think it's cool. It's cool that he can get his voice like that. Um, once again, we talk about you know the the vocal abilities of Paul are unbelievable. Uh, it, it it is unbelievable, but yeah, it's it's not it. It's a song that like only like you can only see like oh, it's just him like trying as hard as vocally. Yeah. So it's just like it's a little bit. It, I don't know. It's, I, 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 we should probably clarify. Not say it's not a, a bad I, yeah, song. I was like, gonna I say, that's, I think, we should probably clarify. Not a bad song. It's, but, a, it's, a, it's a good song. It's a very good song. And Just out of everything that Abbey Road is, mm-hmm. people like rate it higher than it really should yeah. be. Yeah, and I would say, um, funnily enough, until we get to the end, I think Paul is severely lacking for uh songs on abbey road i yeah. think it's really gonna be a, it's a george and john album it is a george and john album there's a, but like, yeah mm-hmm. i i would completely agree with that like i i don't really have that like it it's a good song that's all I can yeah say. exactly it's like it's a good song it's a solid it's like a B plus. and people may yeah. be furious with us fine i yeah. like i'll, I'll um, take your I, fury I, can, I was gonna say i don't really have hard opinions i'm not gonna die on the hill of it's not a great song it's just you, you can know, say it's a great song it, I but like say, it, it does it not just, tickle my fancy as they say not like the next song i think i know what the next song is and the next song is drum roll please thank you for actually doing some kind i actually probably would have preferred dead silence but (laughs) the next song is octopus's garden which is a fucking jam oh my god ringo just like like it's his best song like in my opinion of his entire career for uh the beatles in my opinion in the beatles yes yes overall probably he had a lot of writing help from george um through yeah. most of his career but uh you know um it don't come easy and photograph are both uh really great songs that are mm-hmm. up there but that being said like i i really like i you know growing up as a kid and really getting into the beatles and it's like oh you know paul and john really wrote everything and blah blah, blah and you know ringo's not that good ringo's just the joke and it's like not not at all this is and uh, we should probably reference Peter Jackson's um, uh, new documentary, Get yeah. Back, which I've watched. You haven't gotten around to it. I yet. will watch it. I will watch it. it will. It's fine. You're, yeah. you're just scum. <laughs> um, but, 
one of the most beautiful moments, and I and I I mean this deliberately, is uh, Ringo is the first one into the studio one of the days, and Ringo literally just starts banging away at the piano, uh, and he's playing the first couple chords to Octopus's Garden on the piano, and George comes in, and George goes, oh, like that that's not bad, and he kind of like shows him on guitar, like. Ah, you know. You need a little something here. You need you, maybe change that F to the the G, maybe something along those lines. And you, you see, George knows when Ringo's got something, and I love that. Yeah. Watching that, the those artists see that you know in that moment that all the bullshit stops, and they all just hone in yeah yeah and focus up on like this like when they like actually like have something that they're just like all in on this song and that's when you make a like a masterpiece and that's there. what it was is that it, you know it's ringo ringo's the joke ringo i love how we're talking calling octopus a garden a masterpiece it is like it is it is it's a very good song. it's a very good song i i listen to it like out of like all the songs that i listen to on ivy road like uh Oxford's problem is probably number three on um, the songs that I listen to on it. I would say it's definitely top five. Yeah. Which is really funny to say. Yeah. But it's, you know, I get it. People are like, oh, it's hokey. It's a joke song. It's, you know, the song they throw to their drummer and it's all about being happy, peace, love, and blah, blah, blah. But I fucking but love it. That's what the album is. It, it, it's a good <laughs> song. And um, the, the get back scene continues. And, uh, you know, George is helping him with the song, uh, with the lyrics. And John Lennon comes in. And John Lennon is famous for being an asshole, which, you know, people like to go back and, excuse me, paint like, oh, he wrote Imagine and all you need is love. And then, you know, he, he's an asshole in real life. Valid. Hey, he, he, you know, he had a rough life and he could sometimes be difficult to deal with. He walks in and Ringo's like, you know, thoughtful, sensitive type of person. And John walks in and he's got all the ego in the world and he has every justification for going, this sucks, or I don't want to work on this, or I want to work on somebody else's song. And John Lennon comes in, hears the first couple bars of Octopus's Garden, goes, all right, Richard, where will you like me? And he runs over to Ringo's drum set and starts banging out a simple rhythm to go along with Octopus's Garden. And it's one of those, like, son of a bitch, it is just watching a beautiful friendship. Yeah. I just it, it's awesome and I once again I love it when they all know that they have something and Octopus Garden is where it starts and uh, I don't know, any other notes on Octopus Garden I, I, I very simply put I love the song we should just be all under the sea in the shade that's the, the that's mm -hmm. like that like 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 that's where that's, that's where, where I'd like to be that's where I'd like to be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, and then we get um we get an interesting one, for the next one, and that's exactly how I describe the song because I I don't know how I feel about it, and that's I want you, she's so heavy. Oh. I so I think, and I should probably put this down before any other hard opinions come out is um I think that John Lennon had a fantastic musical line. I think that he had a brilliant verse, and I think that um, he had a brilliant, brilliant chorus, and he had a brilliant verse and a brilliant chorus, and he had nothing fucking else. Nope. And then he <laughs> just repeats it 750 times, 
which I get it. I, I've heard the arguments is that it's supposed to be the the primal carnal desire for another yep. of just genuine want. And then you just repeating that over and over and over and over and over again. And that's fair because it's great music. But you need another verse. <laughs> you, like, come on. You need like, it's a little so, bit. Of, yeah, you need, it's you like need, a seven-minute song. Yeah, it, 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 it's, 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 yeah it, it's pretty long. Um, um, I was going to say, what we have is brilliant, but it's like an unfinished song. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I would agree. It needs to be edited, edited down, in my opinion, too. Mm-hmm. Just like. Just and it's it's awesome. Yeah. yeah, like it is. It's awesome. Yeah, and I enjoy listening to it. And once again, it um, it, it just flows with the vibe of just like utter craziness. Yeah, that Abbey Road is that. Yeah, it, it it really is. Like we're going through all these songs and like, we're oh on. darling, you could like say that it's like makes like maybe the most sense out of like all the ones. Something. Oh, so something yeah. too. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got Octopus's Garden and uh, Nice with Silver Hammer nice and like you Hammer. even yeah. say come together like yeah, it's just yeah. like oh, it just all... don't make no sense. Bingo! It's a straight line down. Yeah, they're just, the, the just they're, they're just like they were just like what is the next crazy song mm-hmm. that we can make? And then you have smatterings of like oh like this is like mm-hmm. uh, lyrical brilliance or just like a yeah. a really good jam that yeah. you can go to with Odar. Like mm-hmm. like it's just like. You, you have those two as well. So mm-hmm. it's just like, we're getting a lot of nonsense. So that's, and that's great. Mm-hmm. I, and but is, I love that it's like nonsense. It's half written songs. And then it's just like musically. Musically. Fuck it. Like Jimmy Page, like tries to play it off as like, oh, I didn't listen to Be- the Beatles until Sgt. Pepper. Like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, You please. listen to the Beatles day and night and we both know it. <laughs> Own up to it. You can be one of the greatest guitar players of all time and still Absolutely. like the Beatles. It's, it's, it's okay to like She Loves You. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I don't think he could write anything heavier than You're So Heavy. That's like, that's badass rock and roll riff. Yeah. And that's something that stands up to today. That's a hard riff. And that's somebody who you know, like uh, argues that the Beatles are nothing but like peace, love, understanding, and they're all acoustic, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, when John Lennon wanted to, he could write some fucking fire on an electric guitar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I love that. I love the sound. Um, we should probably move on. Mm. So uh, that finishes up side one, which I actually, I like that um, I want you, she's so heavy, drones on for so long. Yeah. And then goes into uh, the the B side because that's such a cool transition of you have the hardest, ballsiest song that the Beatles have come up with since probably Helter Skelter, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna flip it over and what do you start with? Here comes the sun, motherfucker! Oh God, we might have like the like pro- probably the most like well-known song from this album i would say it would be either come together or i I think i think here comes the song i think here comes the song is the most yeah you have two of the most Mm -hmm. like like best like like uh like most well i think it's hilarious that for the single so they they go through the album and say what's the most marketable song to release and john goes it's definitely something and something becomes number one and that's awesome that's wonderful 
the uh, the double A side is come together and come together is also a number one song. That's fantastic. I love come together. I love something. I really have to say, if you're going to put a gun to my head and say, what is the best song on Abbey Road? I would argue here comes the sun is one of the best Beatles songs, period. Period. It, it, it It's, it's beautiful. It really is. It's a beautiful song. And it's, it, it's cool. It's groovy. It moves. It's not something that stays in that rift. It really, it moves around. You have really awesome harmonizing. You've got beautiful lyrics. George is a great singing on it. It's out of time. That's it's another thing that George, George has the most underrated singing voice out of the Beatles. He, he gets it. He gets a bad rap sometimes uh, for his singing. If you listen to the Dark Horse album. Oh, uh, yeah, no, no, I know. I say he gets a bad rap for his right, singing. So that cocaine he was doing for a while kind of ruined the He's thing. going through some rough times. Yeah, <laughs> it was, as he was cheating on everyone's wife, including his own. But um, that... I know, didn't you tell me that Here Comes the Song actually, like, uh, he was... He wrote it with he wrote Clapton. Clapton, yeah. Fucking flawless. It is. It, it's put. It, it, it's another one that's just like played, just so frequently. It's like one of. It's like it, but one it's, of their main. It, songs. I was gonna say, but it's something that gets played so frequently. But I, I'm never mad about hearing. No, it. never, never. That's mad like about you know. It. I get it. She loves you. You love me. Blah blah blah. Please please me. But all all the early stuff that kind of gets jumbled together. But you play. Here comes the sun, and I'm every, in a good mood. Every, yep. Yep. <laughs> And it, it starts with that riff, and it's just, yeah, it's, yeah. Right, it, anything else you want to put on? I'd, I'd say, I, Ring, I, I would just Ringo's say, I, I would just, I would just say that, like, having, like, come together, and then here comes a song, uh, the, the sun, uh, as the first songs for each side mm-hmm. of, like, the vinyl is just fucking perfect. You're putting, yeah. like, you're just your best at the top of it, and, and it's just so awesome. Fucking lovely. Yeah. It's just, it, it's. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome playing. And I actually didn't know that they, uh, John wanted uh, something as the single. So that was actually mm-hmm. pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Oh, I knew it was a number one song, so but I didn't know that they wanted it. It's a, it's a, uh, Paul, I mean, John demanded it because he knew that George was being kept down and the, uh, you know, like down pat, like tut tut little boy. Like you're a good, you know, you can write a decent song every now and then, but you're going up against fucking John Lennon and Paul McCartney. George was the, f- I mean, Paul, uh, yeah. I'm going to list every Beatle before I get to the right one. John was the first one to say like, hey, this is an unbelievable song. And George wrote it. George has never had an A-side and George fucking deserves an A-side with this one, which I think is funny because um, I, I think it should have been a double A-side with something and Here Comes the Sun. I think those are two of the best Beatles songs, period. Whether they're George songs, doesn't matter. I think those hold up to anything that uh, John and Paul ever wrote. Agreed. Absolutely. Could not agree out, like anymore. Mm-hmm. So we move on to a little bit more, uh, let's call it esoteric, because because the world is round. I lose my mind. There's some hot John Lennon garbage on this yeah, album. Yeah, no, there is. Yeah, no. It, it, another song. I like it, though. I actually do. I like it. It, um, it kind of, like, it, it, I don't know, it's an interlude that flows. Yeah. But I wouldn't call it if you know if I'm if I'm just gonna listen to that by itself. It's not it's not good. No, no. Um, 
I I don't have. I don't. Really I don't have a. I don't have a. I don't have a lot on the next. Like, let me let me see. So no, I think you're gonna have solid opinions on this one. Actually, is one of the better McCartney songs. Yep. Which is, you never give me your money. Yep. Another one where like, <laughs> where the fuck did Paul get this and then have the balls not to finish it? Yeah. Where it's like half the garbage on the McCartney album itself could have been chucked to the fucking wind if he literally just finished you never give me your money yep out of college money spent yeah like it's just it is a it's a really good song yeah it's one of those like oh yeah that's just paul being paul he just kind of half writes these lyrics it's really catchy and then he can't really figure anything out so Mm. just slap it on there as a a medley and it's just no Drives me crazy. <laughs> Drives you, yeah, I know. I, I can see your frustration at like these, like almost like like half finished songs are just like not like could have been a number songs. one. Could have been could've, a number one. Yeah, and he just threw it away. Yep, mm-hmm. that's fair. And it's do you know how many people claw their entire lives to get on even get even in get the top to twenty? Yeah, and they they strive and they struggle, and it's Paul had a number one and just chucked it away. And I think and I and I hardcore will stand by. I think you never give me your money if you had slapped a good um chorus on it mm-hmm. and you had really fleshed out and uh, the story which paul is more than it doesn't have a good chorus i'm, I'm thinking about it more like in that it, magic it, feeling yeah. nowhere to go yeah um no I, I i i think there was so much fucking potential there and he just kind of kind of let it go mm-hmm. Uh, we get to next up your favorite song which oh is my god it's gonna be fucking... sun king oh I would agree with you. It is the worst song on the album. I would probably say it's the worst John Lennon album, uh, John Lennon song ever it recorded. It fucking sucks. Yes. I don't understand it. It and it, I'm not supposed to understand. It. I know that. I know mm-hmm. it's not gonna make yeah. sense. But it's a, a a nonsense song that just fucking did like everything about it. Just it's like it's clearly hit. John just bored and trying to figure shit out and being like, "Is this any good?" And people were like, eh, "It's not terrible." And him being like, "So it's good. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> it, it's, it's really bad." Yeah, Whoever it says the Sun King is listenable, it 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 really isn't. Like I yeah. can't listen and to I, it all I, the way through. I get it. Like, I I appreciate that it is part of this greater whole. Yes, but it is. I have, I have dubbed it the weakest link. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna. Say, I don't. There's I don't. No, I, there's no the, the, it it just stinks. It. it stinks. I it's don't. A, I don't yeah, like it exactly. at all. I and I. I agree. And if there are any really serious hardcore, I'm you know like Lennon fans the out there. Like you. Oh, I'm like a hardcore Lennon fan. This song sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but like, like, like Lennon stands like might be like, like come after us, be like, no, <laughs> like it means like there's a meeting like to this, like yeah. no, it's nonsense. Stop no, it. it is, especially when he's quoting George in the song. You know, <sighs> he's making shit up. Yeah. So, uh, funnily enough, we're actually gonna follow that up with um, one of my favorite songs. That's again, I wish he had fa- finished this. Mean Mr. Mustard. Oh, I love this song actually. It's a fucking jam. It actually is. <laughs> it's a little bit of a pop. It's yeah. a good time. Yeah. Like what are you, you know, I get it. It's a little bit of nonsense, but it's just you know, it's I, 
it's catchy as fuck. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those like, hey man, like I wish you actually finished the song. And John tries to play like, oh, you know, Paul always writes characters. I only write about myself. And it's like, dude, you wrote Mean Mr. Mustard. Mean Mr. Mustard is a character and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> Why didn't you finish it? It's like, it, it totally fits with like Octopus's Garden and it, it, Silver Hammer. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, it fits exactly. Yeah. That's why I don't understand why you don't like Maxwell Silver Hammer. Because that is that song exactly. Just because it fits doesn't mean it doesn't suck testicles. Oh my god, shut up. We already went over Me and Mr. Mustard is, I would say, the same song, just like John singing. What, uh, one of like, the greatest songs, I mean, I, I shouldn't say one of the greatest songs. <laughs> it's not, but it's catchy. <laughs> I like it. Is um one one of my favorite things that's ever happened to me in my entire fucking life is that when I was working at a certain bookshop that shall remain nameless was um <laughs> I I bumped into a guy while I was on the sales floor and he just had like a, a shirt that had like a jar of mustard on it and it just said me Mr Mustard's mustard oh. and I was like dude where do I get one because there are three people under the age of 55 that know what the fuck is on your body right now and i'm one of them and you're the other one it is awesome and i totally want like i need one that's all like mr Mr. mustard's mustard shop like i tried looking it up and i think i found one it wasn't on the right side it was old it was a thing damn shouldn't have been a thing that is amazing though um followed up by polythene pam I actually kind of like Polythene Band. You do? I don't. It's not, <laughs> yeah, it, it's not great, but it starts the energy. It starts the snowball. Mean Mr. Mustard doesn't. Mean no, Mr. no, no, no. Polythene like, Band like starts that. Yeah. 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 It's like, I kind of like it. And not that it's like a great written song. Like, I. 90% of the backside of Abbey Road isn't like, oh my god, this is genius, this is the perfect song. Yeah. But it's like, does it flow together? And it's like, yeah, it fucking weirdly does. And I get it, they crammed it all together. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I guess. I like, if, I, if, if you listen, yeah, if you do it musically, yeah. like, yeah, it'll flow in stuff. I can't listen to the backside of Abbey Road without Paul Thien Band. Without Paul Thien Band, okay. I can without Sun King. I mean, that's like that's yeah. <laughs> I think everyone would say yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> but my point being is like polythene fan is, is, like, is, 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 is a quintessential part. It's not you know it's not brilliant, but it, it it's there. Yeah, I like it. Um, and then once again, and I, I will flat out say it. And Joe Cocker had a huge hit with it. But uh, I love Joe Cocker. We're talking about another. Number one McCartney song yep. that he just pissed away, and it's she came in through the bathroom window. Yep, I, dude, unbelievable song. Mm-hmm. And as it is, it's a great song. Yep. I really, really enjoy mm-hmm. it. Um, and it's one of those hey, like uh, I try and pull songs, uh, especially Beatles songs, and say like, hey, would this have been a hit if it was a nobody? She came in through the bathroom window would have been a hit if it was nobody. That's a good song. And once again, he just fucking didn't finish the fucking song. <laughs> Drives me crazy. Where he's just like, oh yeah, you know, that's number one. Like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I, 
Yeah, and it's because he knows he's fucking Mozart. You think he's... he was like? You think he was like? Fle- yeah, you think he was like flexing a little bit? Like you're just like no, you know, just like... no. I don't think he consciously that that wasn't. I would love it. No, if yeah, no, 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 no. I know, I, and that's not in that, that's hilarious. Not if he way. was, that's not Paul's <laughs> yes, way. No, not at all. He's just trying to get out anything he could possibly. Yeah, because he's like he likes like just like banging new. out music. Yeah. yeah, he's got new, new music, and he's got better things that he thinks is better. Yeah, which by the way, if you listen to the McCartney album. Which came out right after this. He was fucking wrong, but it's it's just I I love. She came in through the bathroom window. Like what an awesome, cool, funky, like quintessentially Beatles sounding yeah. song. Yep. Um, I love it. Any other hard opinions on it? No, I like it. I I wouldn't say I love it. I would say I like it though. Like it's just like it's. Um, I would, com- I would I would I would compare it to actually Ojai. Actually, like Abbey Road, like like it's like no no I I'm not compare it like as in like it's not similar songs at all. But I would compare it to how much I like it. Basically. Okay, so I would disagree with you wholeheartedly. Really? Cause I, yeah, because I love she came in through the bathroom window. More oh darling is like all right, that's fine. Like that's like B plus McCartney. Really? Like, I got, yeah, I got new dog in the. I guess yeah. Where I think like, uh, what's McCartney? She came in through the bathroom window. Is like awesome. There's like a fun story. There's like cool music. There's cool undertones and stuff like that. It blends with everything else. There's so much more going on. I guess yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then I, jump I, I'm now it. noticing like you like naming all these songs that like Paul McCartney mm-hmm. actually is like might be like the like the fourth Beatle like when it comes to like all the songs that we're like listening on to. this album? on this album yeah yes it's crazy I, like I, I, we're, yes. we're going through it I'm noticing like wow mm-hmm. <laughs> we're saying that a lot of Paul songs aren't that good on <laughs> but the, I was gonna say on this album he just wrote fucking let it be like what six weeks before this? That's true. <laughs> the guy was gassed. Yeah, the, the guy the guy was yeah the guy was tired out. I'm going to pretend like I haven't re-recorded this ad 15 times. Hi, I'm Ben Hunt. I hate to interrupt your lovely podcast experience with this ad, but I'm going to anyway. Why? Because Anchor needs me to. So I'm really never going to advertise for anything that I don't believe in. And Anchor, I actually believe in. So... Anchor is an app or a website that allows me to do everything I need to for the podcast. It allows me to record and edit right from my phone or my computer. It also allows me to distribute my podcasts on every listening platform you can think of, from Spotify to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, even Stitcher. So basically, it's a one-stop shop for everything you need in a podcast. And best of all, it's totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Jesus. And then uh, we we get into like the actual Abbey Road melody, medley. With, Which uh, is like my, oh, my favorite. How awesome is it? We start off with Golden Slumbers. I love Golden Slumbers. I love it. This is this is when like Paul like get gets back into his get the this is this is his like I, and that's my thing is that it's really easy to write off Paul and be like oh he just wrote a bunch of shitty bits of songs and there's some validity there because he did write several shitty bits of songs um, but the actual 
Abbey Road medley is impeccable. Golden Slumbers, Carry the Weight, and The End <sighs> are all three. It's it's a beautiful it's, section of music. It's amazing. Um, I don't. I I think I like. What's the most iconic out of those three songs? Like 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 the the, the like they all. The obviously, they I, all I was gonna flow. say the most iconic will always be the the, the last words of the, the, end, the yeah. Which I'm you know I feel like we should talk about it a little bit more before we get to yeah before we get to the last words. Yeah, yeah I feel like yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. special way to end the podcast. <laughs> it, it is a special way to end the podcast. Uh, but no, it's um it's awesome. So Golden Slumbers, I believe, is originally a um it's like an old English Irish um folk song yeah and paul mccartney can't read music so he was at somebody's house who had the music to the original golden slumbers on it and he threw up the music on it and he can't read music but he can read the words so he just sang the words and then played whatever he heard in his head so it's kind of a half-assed old english love song but mm-hmm. kind of not at the same time yeah where it's literally like he just did the words and was you know Sleep will leave your eyes. Yeah. And then just kind of banged away until he found his own song and then really liked it. That's actually it. fucking awesome. I can't, Isn't I, I that can't, like I, so I yeah. weird? Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a very funky way to write a song, which I think is quintessential McCartney, which is uh, he started out writing fantastic lyrics and then started to slip because <laughs> he could write such a good fucking melody. He could just back up the fact that he couldn't write a good song like lyric anymore and and i shouldn't even say that he couldn't i don't think he fucking cared to in his later life it's just it didn't matter to him as much and it's it's a simple way to break down the beatles and it's paul was the music and john was the words and i think that's you know not that one couldn't do the other and not that george didn't fucking write some unbelievable music yeah it, it, it's just like if you're trying to stereotype like the beatles that's, that's how you're gonna stereotype them and i think that that is probably pretty fair and um i, I golden slumbers is awesome carry the weight is awesome again you're talking about just songs that uh, the the chorus when it with carry the weight is yeah. just i fucking oh. And I really do. I it, love it. It's, it's, it's a great sing along song. It is. It is wonderful. I. Uh, it, it's weird. It's funky. They don't necessarily go together, but he kind of like sands the wood until the pieces fit. The pieces actually, yeah, no, um, pieces. I, I would, I would argue that it does does kind of flow, like, flow together, kind of. Just uh, because. But it's kind of. It, it, it's. It's weird. weird. It's not natural. It's. It, it is. There is something artificial there. But it works. Yeah, that's, it's and, like yeah, finding right analogy. I don't know, trying to put a circle right... into an oval, but the, it finally fucking fits for exactly. some reason. Exactly, and it's, it's kind just of nice. Paul just kind of gently, you know, took a piece of sandpaper and like whittled it out. Yeah, whittled it out so it'd be like yeah, a little yeah, bit more spherical. It's just like it <laughs> it's uh, and yeah, I I I love that. But we um, we should probably move on to the end, yeah. which is. I fucking love the end. It's my favorite piece of the three yeah. by far. Oh, as much and, as, and I was gonna say Golden Slumbers. And you is have great too. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You you have like the yeah. You have like the like. It's it's the end. It's the it's it's a perfect like. It has a perfect like little like tiny mel- melody that goes mm-hmm. along with it, and it's just 
Yeah, it's um, what a way to end the greatest band of all time. Yeah, you are the most popular band in the world. You're going out with your boots on. You've done everything that you could possibly do with Let It Be. You've got nothing to prove, and it's literally just like we're fucking doing this for fun, and we're going out our way. And they convince Ringo to do a drum solo, which is which is impeccable. He hated drum solos. He mm-hmm. despised it, and he fucking did it. And I think he smashed it. I that's I that's my issue is that he talks shit about drum solos for years and said like, oh, it's not about the song. It's blah 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 blah. Ringo has one drum solo, and Ringo is incredible on that drum so can you imagine if he was keith moon can you imagine if he thought like hey man like i'm just gonna you know i'm john bonham like i'm gonna i'm gonna play like that i'm gonna make the drums heard i'm really gonna i'm gonna get into these solos and stuff like that not that either of those guys are bad drummers they're some of the greatest of all time but ringo came at it from a fundamentally different point of view which is hey man like how many songs do you listen to and really go like oh man the drums are the best part no one does, unless you're a drummer. And Ringo understood that and just said, like, hey, I'm going to make some good fucking drum in the background. They forced him to do this solo completely out of his comfort zone, and he nailed it. Like, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Stands like, with the best of all time. Oh, absolutely. But it, it was just so out of left field because like, you, you really don't expect it. yeah that's awesome it's fucking awesome and it and i think this like i wrote you can say that like this is like kind of like ringo's like like album basically because like he has octopus's garden and he has like i was gonna say he's got octopus's garden he's got come together he's got uh impeccable drumming on here comes the sun which is very out of yeah and then you've got his uh drum solo on the end you're right I actually never seriously considered this. I, I'm I, like going over this. This is like, kind of a Ringo album. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is kind of like not a not a Ringo album, but not like a Ringo. He, he's just like he's like he's just like finally like you see Ringo for an act like what he actually an is active a part, an active member I, of the Beatles. Oh, and we should I, give give Ringo his credit. Give Ringo his stars. <laughs> but um, uh, what I like. Where's this award? I want to hang it on him now. Like, yeah, I, I, and I mean this. I'm not playing this up for the podcast or anything along those lines. I've seriously never considered that before. Of like, oh man, like this is a this is a Ringo heavy album, and it's a fucking great Ringo heavy album. It's not just he's playing a lot. You can hear his drums a lot. It's like what he does is yeah. brilliant. And that and and that solo, like, just <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. So we should probably move on to the next part, which is the, I believe it's nine guitar solos. It might be six, Um, but we'll call it nine. I don't remember what the order is, which is sad to say. I should, and this is is a podcast with very little preparation beforehand, where we really should have gone through and studied. I know that individually, Paul got up, John got up, and George got up. And they all did, excuse me, one solo. And then they rolled through and then they did another solo each. 
and then they rolled through and did another solo each and i can hear them all individually in my head but i don't remember what order they are and what i love most is you can so hear their personalities and their guitar solos mm -hmm. john has this ripping hard edge like it's kind of you know it's this gritty rock and roll mm -hmm. and it's just it's that balls to the wall like lennon's gotta be that pain in the ass you got Paul, which is this smooth but still cool rock and roll. And then you just got George being the fucking, you know, esoteric master. <laughs> it is just, he's got this soulful but badass rockery. It's just, oh, every, and every solo is a little different. Every solo, every solo is a little brilliant. different. And I love that about it. Every single solo of those nine solos. 10 out of 10. Yep. You can slap those, add those solos in any, you know, Zeppelin, any Who song, uh, you know, Pink Floyd, great. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, granted, I, I, Pink Floyd, it would be a little out of taste. I was just trying to listen to another band other than the two guys that I had listed before. <laughs> but it, 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 but seriously, if you take those solos and you throw them on, you know, a Van Halen album, they pretty much fit. They would you fit. throw like a, you know, a different pedal on or something along those lines, but you're hitting the same notes and the same tones. Yeah. Oh my god, incredible and it's just it's a testament to all three of them as guitar players which i don't think paul or john ever gets enough credit they don't as they, guitar players especially john i don't think gets enough credit for uh, his guitar playing like that's a whole nother podcast episode in which we're gonna agree a lot yeah because like i i, I love john's guitar playing i really do i think him as a musician is really underplayed and i don't and i don't like it I, he has a lot of insecurity about his piano playing and his guitar playing his piano playing is totally walk solid he wrote some of the greatest songs of all time on piano that being said he also totally deserves to be just one of the greatest guitarists of all time you talk about riffs from norwegian wood day tripper i feel fine that's three of the greatest riffs of all time. Nor and Norwegian Period. Wood is like just like such a it's such a unique. And like, I like, I know it's riff. up in the I, air whether John came up with that first or George did, and I'm not 100 percent sure. But I I like to think that John did. I like that. Yeah, Let, uh, let's and, let's give John credit, even though he has all the credit already for everything. Yeah, else. I was gonna say exactly. Like why <laughs> don't you let's why strip don't we, away yeah, that exactly. for George? Why don't we too? take George's balls too while we're at it? <laughs> But it's just, yeah, no, I, because George is a fantastic lyricist and George is an incredible guitar player. And I feel like he's acknowledged for both of those. Yeah. John's kind of only acknowledged as like, oh, he was the lyrics of the Beatles. And it's like, you ever listen to Revolution? That is one of the most balls to the wall, rock and roll, incredible vocals, thoughtful, intelligent lyrics on, on top of like, the guitar itself, fucking groundbreaking, and it oh. completely agree. Completely agree that like and yeah, I, I really think that, it, like every one of the Beatles should be uh, praised like mm -hmm. for uh, being music uh, like like musicians they were. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're kind of like, undercutted compared to like these other like rock stars basically mm -hmm. because like like you never you never hear 
any of them being consideration of like, oh, the greatest guitarist, the greatest mm-hmm. bassist, the greatest mm-hmm. like drummer of all time. And, and they say, really should be appreciated for like what they are. They're, I know. I mean, among the... McCartney is definitely in the conversation for the greatest bassist of all time. It's just that McCartney's McCartney. So no one really wants mm-hmm. to be like, oh, what a great bassist. And it's like, dude, you listen to Paperback Writer, Baby, You're a Rich Man, Come Together. It's like, who? <laughs> Who could possibly? Whom, please? (laughs) (laughs) Whom among us could have could have done better? Um, So I feel like we should um, bring it to a tidy end before we we will certainly be breaking down other Beatles albums. Absolutely, uh, I know "Help" is your favorite album. Absolutely, "Rubber Soul" is one of mine. Your yeah, Um, "Revolver." Revolver is also up there too. We were gonna do the White album too, yeah, uh, just because it's so controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, I know uh, one of our uh, other um, colleagues who hasn't been on would love to discuss Sergeant Pepper, absolutely, um, as well. So we would we're we're gonna go over all of them. Uh, we're gonna go over uh, other different music too. Mm-hmm. Like we said, we're gonna do, like Elden John. It will be a topic just because it's we love. Elden yeah, John. we haven't talked about music on this podcast before, and it's uh, it's definitely something that I really want to get into. Obviously, being uh, you know a half-ass bad musician as is, mm-hmm. but uh, beyond that is like I just genuinely appreciate good music, and I don't really care from what direction it comes from. Uh, I might be misquoting Ray Charles, who I genuinely love, but I believe the quote as I've heard it through Matthew McConaughey. So like, you know, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> it's uh, uh, There are two types of music. There's good and there's bad. And that's kind of the school I come from. And I get it. Um, you know, other people might not be as into it as we are. And that's totally valid. But I love good music. If you don't like music, just stop listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Hook the listeners. <laughs> I love that, Reggie. <laughs> I'll let them know. <laughs> this ain't for you. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, like any and all music will be discussed. There's no, like, no bounds. I, we won't just discuss uh, rock. I hope to... Um, bring out some 90s alternative because that's like one of my favorite genres I, of all time. Red Hot Chili Peppers, like yeah, we're gonna, okay. yeah. I'm gonna, this I'm is, gonna get this into new it. information to me. I, and I was gonna say I have some pretty solid opinions. Yeah, I might, I might bring out some uh, 2000s, um, early 2000s pop. What we and, grew uh, up with, yeah, yeah. What we grew yeah, up with definitely. too, yep. And then uh, I know this isn't your favorite time, but it's one of my favorite times, mm-hmm. and that's 80s rock which is like I, um, some of the funniest I, rock. Okay, thank you. As long as you can acknowledge. Oh, but you got to take, but like the like, jams that you have. I cannot take Guns N' Roses any kind of series. Stop it. I loved them when I was in middle school Stop and it. then my testicles descended. <laughs> I realized, <laughs> realized what they were. Nonetheless, they mm-hmm. are a band that should be appreciated for what they were. You're yeah. going to say that in a Beatles podcast. You're going to have like the the audacity to say that the guns Why are would I compare them to the Beatles? You're I'm not comparing that. them. You're speaking the fucking name in the same podcast. <laughs> I was saying it derogatory. I am saying we were going to discuss all kinds of different bands. And 
eras of music. That's what I was just trying to say. I, uh, you know, I can't fault you for speaking your mind because I'm not um, Soviet Russian as much as I'd like to be. Uh, so we should probably uh, we should probably wrap this up. Any final comments about the Beatles themselves? Ivy Road um, is one of my favorite albums of all time for the Beatles. It's not my favorite. Help is my favorite. But it is like you you should always think about Abbey Road as one of the greatest albums of all time because it is. It has some of the best music that you'll ever hear lyrically and musically. Um, it's and it's for an ending of an era, it's probably you couldn't have ended it any better, in all honesty. I would probably agree. So um simple question is uh, out of a hundred, what would you rate it? That out of hundred, you give me, you give me that. That's I was gonna give you out of ten, but I feel like the easy answer is ten. I feel like out of a hundred, you might be. Yeah, a, you know there there are flaws to Abby Road. There is flaws. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a ninety-eight. I was gonna say I I, I was between ninety-nine and hundred. I think I will say that it's probably a ninety-nine. And I would say that one point ninety percent of it is Sun King. I think yeah, yeah, I think I think Sun King just drags down <laughs> for me. Is, but I was and gonna say but I'm, a, I'm a Paul fan and ten percent of said, it is Maxwell Silverhammer for me though, because I also hate that song. Because <laughs> once again, it's a fucking earworm and it sucks. <laughs> so it's stuck in my head and it's bad. Yes. But it's also one of the funniest songs ever, and I love it. So, I, yeah, it's right. a point in its all favor. All right, all right. It's something we're not going to agree on. No, we're not. Which is, which is fair, as yeah. much as we can beat around the bush for an hour. Yeah. So we should probably end this with, um, in the end, the love you make is equal to the love you take. Amen. That's definitely not what the actual <laughs> is. I definitely flubbed that, which is infinitely funnier to me. Yeah. But the love you take is equal to the love you make, I think is the actual line. I think it so, is. So uh, we'll end with, um, you know, she's a pretty nice girl and I got a belly full of wine and someday I'm going to make her mine. Thanks for listening to the Enlightened Podcast. We are brought to you by Anchor, a subdivision of Spotify specifically for podcasting. Not only can we be found on Spotify, we can also be found on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or frankly, anywhere you can find a good podcast. We can also be found on Instagram and Facebook. We're working on getting a Snapchat together. And in the meantime, you can DM us any questions, thoughts, concerns, or just a review. We've gotten more than a couple so far, and they've been overwhelmingly positive, not to brag, but we're pretty happy about that. So if you have any other thoughts or opinions, please feel free to let us know. And in the meantime, like and subscribe for more content.